Greetings, fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension. This is the last episode of The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Um, so, we've been doing this for like, what, five and a half years now? Yeah, yeah, over that now, yeah. Yeah, um, this is a oh, like 125th like proper episode. And, you know, I mean, don't get us wrong, there's plenty of stuff we'd still want to do. But when you haven't got really any Doctor Who for like a good part of a year... Um, it's kind of difficult to sort of like just go right. What we're doing next, and then sort of like I don't yep. know. And so we've taken the uh, decision to bow out. So yes. um, let's finish what we started and give our final thoughts on series eleven. Yes, let's do that. Uh, so all the stuff that I've been saying, I'll talk about that later. I can now talk about because <laughs> I feel like I've been saying that since we began series eleven almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that I've been sort of filing bookmarks in my head um, <laughs> for things that I wanted to talk about on this episode. Mm. Um, so where exactly do you want to start? I mean, do you want to kind of have a quick blast through what we felt about each episode? And uh, I mean, because you, you said you were going to go back and listen to some of our uh, our previous efforts and sort of have a, re- have a think about, you know, if anything had changed in your mind. So mm. um, should we have a quick run through and... Uh, um, yeah, we can do. I mean, to be honest, I, I think my uh, thoughts are still the are same as they the were. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think overall, I think it's, it's been a good season. I've certainly enjoyed a lot of the episodes and that certainly yes. reflects in our scores. Although, I don't know. See, here's the thing, right? I don't know whether because we're just so conditioned to follow, like looking through the for the threads and like having like a continuous sort of like arc like we've had with RTD and Moffat. Individually, the episodes have been excellent to okay. As a whole, as like a whole season, though, I don't know. I don't want to say it doesn't hold together, because that's not right. It's just sort of like, is the whole greater than some of its part, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's something that we, we sort of came up a couple of times while we were talking about the general series, didn't it? Mm-hmm. That we felt it was just missing kind of the, the secret sauce almost that is the continuing arc. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for me, what Series 11 represents is basically a wholesale effort on their part, not just to go back, to strip back who to what it was in, in you know, in, o, in 05 when it mm-hmm. came back, but to take it all the way back to 63 and kind of take it down to like the fundamental minerals of what Doctor Who is. Mm -hmm. And although you certainly, you can, you can appreciate that sort of episode, you know, those sort of TV and you can appreciate it for individual efforts. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just not sure that's how telly is made anymore Mm -hmm. for a reason. If you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, You know, even in 05 when, when, you know, this was before, YouTube and mm-hmm. Netflix mm-hmm. and Amazon mm-hmm. and you know the whole box set culture that we've kind of got into now. I, think, I, I don't think you can put that genie back in that bowl. Mm. I think that's just the way that we consume our media now. You know, it's yeah. it's not a case of you have to buy a cable package and you have to watch what basically they give you. TV is now a la carte, right? Mm-hmm. You just have a huge menu of stuff and you pick what you want to watch yeah. and when you want to watch it and how mm-hmm. and um. I think that it is tremendously difficult for genre TV to not have the the sticky substance that is the continuing overarching story. Mm. It can be as kind of as, 
as um you know as strong as you you know you can go full tilt you have to have a degree in the show like westworld yeah or you can have it pretty mild where you know it's nice if you saw the last one but it's not a big deal sort of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um i think that you know while i understand to a degree why they felt the need to strip back yeah. um strip back doctor who in that way i'm not sure it has left me entirely satisfied if if you see what i mean like yeah. you, like you i i found that individually i found the episodes entertaining while i was watching them mm-hmm. but it just had that it just lacked a little bit of oomph mm. and i think that there was a, the element of that is because of a lack of an overarching story but also i think a lack of a, a part of it was a, a sort of a lack of confidence mm. on the part of the of the people making it really yeah um and I think the reason why they didn't have, they sort of didn't have the confidence is a because um, it's just a lack of experience. I mean, they had a whole new, whole new everything, mm-hmm. you know, bottom top to bottom. This was a, this is a whole new operation in making this show. Yeah. So it's not like that they've got, you know, just a new producer and everyone else knows what they're doing. They, you know, they got a new doctor, new companions, new producer, new scriptwriters, new music, new TARDIS, new everything. Everything is different. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, and I think that maybe that. You know, also they had the big task of introducing a female doctor as well. Yeah. So I think maybe that where they're in stories, they might have taken a risk or done something a little bit more out there or a little bit more horror or a little bit more anything. Mm-hmm. They've kind of stepped back. Yeah. And I would say it's not like I haven't like tried to be out there, but I think, like you say, a lack of confidence or sort of more of a sense of kind of like it's like oh this is doctor who we have to have like an, uh, alien, in an it. alien in it yeah so obviously see i mean obviously the one i would like think of immediately is it takes you away because you've got like mm-hmm. three different things going on in there when any one of them could have been a perfectly good episode on its own yes i think it just tries to i don't know whether it's just like it tries to do too much and then it's sort of like it, it doesn't like makes make the balance quite right or like like i say like and like stories with like say rosa or like the witch finders, you've got to have like an actual um, threat. But like the threat themselves, I mean, especially in Rose with Crasco, are just sort of like, why did you really bother? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, is, again, this is stuff that we, when we were watching the week by week, this was something that we were puzzling over at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately it was a case of, Again, sort of lack of lack experience in the in sort of the script writing for Doctor Who specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like they had loads of great they had great scripts, mm-hmm. but then it was almost a bit like you know how they make Cloverfield movies now yeah. that they just find a script mm-hmm. that they like and then bolt some Cloverfield shit to it and say there you go, there's a Cloverfield <laughs> film. It felt like they had like a bunch of good scripts that were like for for anthology shows mm-hmm. or like Inside Number Nine or something like that. Um, or Black Mirror almost. I mean, mm. obviously not quite as dark as Black Mirror or Inside Number Nine, but things that were like maybe spec scripts like that. And they thought these are good. Yeah. Just stick some aliens in it. And now it's Doctor Who script. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how it, it felt a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, that's just a case of 
when this team and this ensemble of people and once a Christian or gets together a, a group of people that he's comfortable working with making Doctor Who scripts, mm-hmm. I think that that will improve. I mean, something that we, we talked about over and over again, I think every episode we talked about it, was how odd the pacing was in a lot of these episodes. Yeah. You would have kind of a slow burn for 35 minutes and then all of a sudden it felt like someone in the script room said, hey, you know I've already got 45 minutes for this, right? And then mm-hmm. someone goes, shit, <laughs> yeah. got a bolt, a bolt and ending on it. And yeah. well, um, I mean, well, I mean, they've been 50 minutes now there for this series. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's still, it's still. I mean, the, not to say this isn't unique to series eleven. I think New Doctor Who has always had a bit of a problem with pacing, rushed end, yeah, like, rushed endings and things like that. Um, do you think it's the sort of thing they, they might be able to fix if they just went right? We're just going to do a full hour. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe that's, or maybe just have like do the, like the variable length thing a mm. bit. Uh, again, sort of talking about Netflix and all and Amazon, you know, because you're, you're not restricted. You essentially, um, you know, like say, like shows like uh, Star Trek Discovery and mm-hmm. uh, genre shows that have now gone on to services like that. Essentially, they have, you know, a basic idea that they're going to be forty-five minutes. But if we've got a script that's going to be an hour, then it's an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. Um, yeah. But where we've had problem, you know, where we've had episodes that have been extra long like that we've we how many times have we said they just stuck an extra 10 minutes in it because you know they could have cut out this this and this mm-hmm. so, yeah yeah i think it's just a case of you know that they're, they're good scripts but they just need you know the story points like the beats of the story just need to be more you know you need to bring in this revelation earlier because mm-hmm. it's no good five minutes before the end yeah yeah um yeah like some of them just like need a, a bit of a rearrange i mean i think we said yeah. it with resolution and like stuff like Saranga Conundrum, where you have like this sort of like, expository scene, which is a nice scene, but it sort of like just either interrupts the flow of the story, or it just sort of feels like okay, it's like, or oh, we don't want to cut this out, but we've got to find somewhere for it. All right, just plonk it in there where it makes mm. kind of sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I think about now at least saying about uh, just extending to about sixty minutes, but you've also got to consider. Um, these will be sold over broad for actual like regular broadcast because obviously BBC is not um, commercially funded, uh, mm-hmm. so you've got to like try and fit in ad breaks. So like BBC Americans, uh, Space in Canada, I think is the channel they show Doctor Who on. Um, they obviously have to like insert commercial breaks, but they kind of just do that anywhere anyway, so <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't really matter. Um, so. I think we should really talk about the woman of the hour. Jodie yes, Whittaker. we should. Oh yes. Um, thank God for Jodie Whittaker. She's. I mean, for me, I think she's been everything I could have hoped for in mm-hmm. in the in the new Doctor. I mean, especially in the position that she was in, because we can't sugarcoat it. Um, as the first female Doctor, she caught a lot of. She caught and is catching still a hell of a lot of flack. Yeah. Um, to the point of basically absolute incoherence, in my opinion, from, from quite a lot of people, uh, beyond all absolute, beyond any and all reason, she was getting criticised. That was something. The thing that really irritated me. I mean, um, every every new Doctor, every actor who you know, the first series they do, they're, they're getting into it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. I found that especially a lot of dudes were saying, you know, oh, you know, Jodie's been on telly and was saying about, oh, she's still working it out. And, I, you know, I felt the need to say, well, look, I mean, there was an interview with Peter Capaldi who said, you know, it wasn't until sort of episode nine or something of ep- his first series when he looked in the mirror and said, OK, I've, I'm the doctor now sort mm-hmm. of thing. 
um you know so when uh, you know our previous actors are saying like that people go you know fine but anything that jody <laughs> dares to do or say is kind mm-hmm. of interpreted through this lens of just kind of insane hatred um like she did uh we have a thing on cbb's like uh, the the children's bbc channel like for little kids yeah. they have the bedtime story mm-hmm you know, sort of about seven o'clock and Jody's done a couple of those yeah. and people flipped out about it. You oh, know, it's, you know, it's, it's below the dignity of Doctor Who. I was like, you are joking, aren't you? David Tennant did multiple bedtime I know, stories. I say. Yeah. I mean, has, as have other doctors and, you know, it's so like every, everything where, you know, that has been criticized in every way. But I mean, you know, for me, she's been great and mm-hmm. she has been, I mean, for me, it was kind of how I, I expected, even though I was kind of hyped for Jodie and I was looking forward to it, I was I was expecting kind of a more of a settling in period. But for me, I you know, when I was watching it, I felt like she nailed it by Ghost Monument. Mm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, that's not to say we haven't had like some, I don't know, I would say slight criticisms. I mean, I think... Yeah. Uh, I mean, see, the thing of it is, it's always like how much of it is the writing and how much of it is the directing, how yeah. much of it is Jodie. Yes. I mean, I've never really had a, a problem with her performance per se, but I mean, no. that's something that Chuck kept bringing up was how much he said sorry. And I mean, that is, I mean, that's okay. I think that's unfortunately, you know, a, a case of people, British people writing this because we say mm. sorry all the time. I mean, we're basically <laughs> just behind the Canadians in terms of saying it. Yeah. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, there was a point where it was excessive, and I do wonder. I mean, again, you got, got to remember from series for a first series of these things, they're writing them from script bibles, so mm-hmm. you know, from a list of a list of uh, things that you know, the doctor does this, the doctor does that, yeah. she says this, this is the catchphrase, this is the that, and you know, obviously, people then take that script bible and interpret it in certain ways. I mean, something that we we've pointed out in several ways. I mean, like with the first when. Bill, unfortunately, mm-hmm. her first and only series, you know, that she was uh, she was written a certain way until it got to Mark Gates's episode, which she kind of was very much like in the first episode we saw her in. Cause he wrote it from the script Bible that they were given yeah. rather than, you know, from anything else. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this uh, this this will come up in in first series, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so these these problems, I think. Uh, that people are annoyed by sort of in her character will kind of be ironed out now that people have got a you know a you know a whole series to to go on instead of an idea of what Jodie's going to do they've actually got what Jodie is doing yeah if you see what I mean um I mean I didn't have a problem with like her apologizing in that because you've got to remember this is you know the doctor sort of like becomes a new person every time they regenerate and mm. you know you've gone from uh, the 12th doctor who was pretty unapologetic about anything and everything um and that, that one thing i do like about the 13th doctor's characterization is it's it's kind of like she took her predecessor's words to heart you know mm. you know peak valley's like great sending off speech just before the regeneration you know and says laugh hard run fast be kind and he's given his future self advice um that's great that's a great little bit of continuity and um, i think the thing that we were sort of like waiting to see was uh, the 13th Doctor, like, lose a temper. I mean, like, properly yeah. lose a temper. She did come close. Um, obviously, I think we mentioned it in Kablam and all that. Um, I, I would expect that maybe to become more of a thing sort of going into the second and possibly third series, depending on how long Jodie decides to stick around. I think they're probably trying to keep the 13th Doctor a bit sort of safe at the minute because, obviously, First Woman Doctor... 
you know, you're going to get all the spods coming out and saying, as like any, like analyzing every little single thing she says or does and says, oh, you know, you know, and I mean, look, it's a recurring problem that uh, women face is it's like, oh, no, you can't be too emotional. You can't be an emotional woman. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Well, that sounds exactly what I was about to say. I mean, well, most most people who have that expression use female, which is mm-hmm. uh, makes you think of a Ferengi, doesn't it, really? Uh, <laughs> as soon as people start talking about females. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it. I do wonder if the, if the writers were kind of subconsciously hamstrung a little bit mm. because they didn't want the accusations of her being hysterical yes. or screamy yes. or, you know, overly this or overly that. Mm-hmm. Because any... I mean, unfortunately, being a woman on planet Earth means that you have to uh, navigate this impossible tightrope of, you know, not being to this or that or, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's um, I think that there is a little bit of that. I mean, I hope that that's something they can kind of again, now that they've sort of settled in a bit, they can let that go mm-hmm. and just do what they want with the character kind of regardless of, you know, outside noise. Yeah. Yeah, and the other good, great thing I like about the 13th Doctor in this first series is they don't really sort of play on, oh, the Doctor's a woman now angle. Not yes. as much as weird feet. I mean, it still sort of gets referenced, you know, it's like, you know, very first episode she was in, she says, why you call me madam? Because you're a woman. And she sort of goes, am I? Does it suit me? Um, <laughs> and, and it's not really until the Witchfinders, so like three quarters of the way through the series where it actually becomes... Sort of like a plot a problem. Point. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, a, a famous railing is that, uh, you know, if I was still a bloke, I'd be able to just get on with things. Um, <laughs> which is such a great line. It's entirely true. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of glad. The only thing I wasn't, I was a bit uh, about was um, piloting the TARDIS. Um, right. It did take it did seem to take a long time, like to get a handle. I'm still getting used to these controls, and I can understand like that the TARDIS has like rebuilt itself after being blown up. But yeah, from from bathroom bits, it seems like. I mean, every time they have a close up on the console, it's got a tap in it and all that sort of thing. So. Yeah, well, I mean, so did the Eleventh Doctors, so you know, yeah, fair dues. Um, but it, I was I was kind of getting a little bit worried that they're sort of like going in, like trying to get out into a woman driver joke here, and you do sort of almost get that. I think it was in Rosa, was it? Yes, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. there's a woman driver joke in it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, when <laughs> the day that the Jody was announced, my brother sent me a picture on WhatsApp of the TARDIS in a wall, <laughs> and it had bloody wedding drivers up no. on the oh. on the. <laughs> <laughs> on the thing so i mean i think there was an element of that but again i'm gonna come back to the script bible mm. i think there was probably a thing about you know the doctor is sort of befuddled by the new tardis and everyone's like i'll put that in yeah um and it wasn't cut out uh, so <laughs> yeah i think i think yeah I, I do think a lot of these things will go away the next yeah. series so mm-hmm. yeah i mean like the, 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 the tardis thing i think it just sort of sticks out to me a little bit more because you know the cliches. Doctor, well, cliches and sort of like the twelfth doctor had a, like a really impressive knack of being accurate. I mean, yeah. he does still sort of like does get like sidetracked by himself, you know, especially like um, going from like deep breath and and then into into the Dalek. But again, that was the early days. Whereas like you got Husbands of River Song, where he just sort of like presses one button, throws the lever down, pushes it back, and then he's like jumps forward like literally a day. 
So like sort of like the pinpoint precision sort of thing that he was able to do, it just sort of like, I mean, yeah, okay, like you say, you know, the Doctor's brain gets reset pretty much every time they regenerate. So, you know, they might not have as good a handle flying the TARDIS as, like, their predecessors, but it's still sort of like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that the TARDIS has always been as accurate as the script requires. I mean, well, we, were yes. watching, yeah. we were watching bloody, uh, oh God, we were watching bloody Terminus the other day. Oh, okay. And, um, oh, no, 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 we weren't. We were watching Time Flight the other day. Oh, And uh, oh. the Fifth Doctor makes several precision jumps in the mm. TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And that's the Fifth Doctor, who is maybe the worst at piling the TARDIS. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's not just, uh, I think it, it, it is as pilotable as the story requires. Yes, that's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, so, the companions. Yes. Now, I we were both extremely worried about um, how crowded this TARDIS is. And while mm. I still have, I still have, rever- I have still have some reservations about it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's worked out pretty well because i think that everyone's very good Mm -hmm. yeah i will i'll definitely agree with that i just think again it's it's probably just a matter of the scripts but you can sort of like say like this episode this character gets pretty much sidelined um this next episode this character pretty much gets sidelined i think the only one who's adding any sort of consistent things to do is bradley walters graham and he's been brilliant yes I'm kind of like wondering going forward, like how I wonder how like how much they can sort of continue to do the um, Graham Ryan thing because they've kind of sort of like resolved that within this year. So, um, like I, I kind of like wonder. Well, you know, if we're going into series twelve, might that be it for those two? Are we going to have more of a focus on Yaz? Because I think. I'm trying to decide, like, out of Yaz or Ryan, which one of the two has been the least well served? Unfortunately, I think it depends on... I mean, it felt like Yaz was very... It was quite underserved for maybe the first four episodes. Mm -hmm. Then, I mean, obviously, she kind of got a a central hit in Demons of the Punjab. And then it felt like... And then we had kind of a thing and then Kablam. And then after Kablam, it felt like Ryan kind of stepped back a bit. Mm-hmm. And then it was more Yaz. I mean, they definitely, I feel like sort of chemistry wise, I think as well because of this from real life, although I think they all get on very well in real real life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that particularly Jodie and um, Mandeep Gill, who mm-hmm. plays Yaz, they seem to be sort of good mates yeah i mean they're i think that they're all mates but i think that those two are particularly mates yeah so and i think that that comes across in the performance that like i noticed when if you go back right to the beginning of of, of uh, resolution mm-hmm. when they're all standing in the tardis and watching the thing yeah jody's got her arm round mandy yes and i think that that's probably just because you know they're hanging out you know they're just that's how they are sort mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. and i think that um in terms of chemistry, I think those two are kind of... I thought, you know, if it comes down to just them two, I'm probably happy with it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, not to, like, slam on Tosin or... Uh, oh, no, Bradley I think Walsh. they're both really good. good. That's what makes it hard, because, mm-hmm. I mean, Graham is the... You know, I said if Jodie's the heart of this show, then, you know, he's the soul of it. Yeah. Um, because he's been astonishingly good. Mm. Um 
And, you know, it would break my heart for them to not be in it anymore. But I think that in terms of how served they are by the stories, Mm -hmm. like you say, Graham and uh, Ryan's story is kind of resolved. Yeah. Um, You know, they've moved past, not moved past, but, you know, the the grief of of losing Grace. And Mm -hmm. uh, they've come to an understanding with uh, Ryan's dad to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Um, So apart from, you know, kind of trying to face up to continuing their lives onwards beyond the doctor um you know that they're kind of all their problems are solved essentially i think the i think the only thing sort of like still outstanding possibly is um i think didn't graham say he was remission from cancer yes so like is that going to become a thing and but i kind of see it's difficult because you know it, it, you could get into like really like meaty stuff with you know having to deal with like cancer and especially having to think you've got a handle on it and then it comes back comes back um but it's, it's mm. the problem is if you do that storyline you have access to a time machine and yeah probably the cure so yeah. how is this a problem essentially Exa- yeah because, exactly you know so the problem is it, yeah i mean it is a problem if he was stuck on earth mm-hmm but he's not. No, it's true. And, and, you know, I mean, uh, unless something really weird happens, there is some sort of fixed point in time that he has to die of cancer at a certain time and mm-hmm. the doctor knows this and hasn't told him, which would be a long way to go in terms of the story from where we are now. Yes. Um, you know, it's, how is this a problem when, you know, they could, how, you know, when they surely have access to a cure. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, I mean, I understand what you're saying, definitely. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's I think that's a lot of, of ground for them to cover and it to be a conceivable problem, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, considering since it was only sort of mentioned sort of offhand in The One Who Fell to Earth, it's not like been that much of like a recurring mention, if that makes sense, for it to be, become like a future plot point if they wanted to go that route. But again, like you say... You know what's what's them to stop just like nip off back to recess one and get it sorted all. I mean, yeah, like you know, um, uh, uh, Ghost Monument. They had like medical chips implanted in them or something, didn't they? So yeah. like that that helped. And so you know that could have been a throwaway. Like, oh, oh yeah, they had a bit of stuff inside you that that's gone now. So don't worry about that. Um, the the medical chip fixed that up for you or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean. Uh, unless you can like think, come up with some other sort of thing for them to work through, you know, I, I could easily see series twelve being sort of kind of it for uh, Ryan and Graham. Oh yeah, I can as well. I mean, in terms of like resolved storylines, mm-hmm. I mean, Yaz has got far more. I mean, again, unfortunately, it's a bit of a repeating thing with has got you know family drama essentially, mm-hmm. and is kind of in a career that I mean that she likes, but you know, there's they're sort of yearning for more in her and all that sort of thing. I mean, that's kind of hasn't been really hammered down, if you see what I mean. Mm. You know, the thing with her family, you know, that she's sort of uncomfortable with them, but loves them and all this sort of thing that, um, you know, I feel that that was, that was kind of left alone. I mean, so in terms of like story, because Yaz is sort of just Yaz and Mm -hmm. Ryan Ryan and Graham have got Ryan and Graham, you know, essentially, That you know they're, they're they're okay on their own sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, unfortunately, and as well, one sort of consequence was the story had to deal with you kind of had the thing of them having to split up. 
Mm-hmm. So you kind of had two and two off doing their own different things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I do sometimes wonder if there was a little bit of them feeling hampered by, I've got all these people in this story. What am I going to do with them all? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. And, you know, speaking again to uh, Jodie and Mandeep's uh, chemistry, I, I noticed one thing um, during the series is the Doctor and Yaz did get sort of pair off with each other a lot, quite a bit. Yes, yeah. Um, so, like, so if they were to say, it's like Tosin and Bradley, okay, this is sort of it, then just carry on with Yaz, you know, that's not a problem. Yeah. Um, so I think if that if that if it came to that, I wouldn't be upset. I no, think it's no, what no. I'm trying to get across. So, yeah. 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 Um, the other thing I did want to touch on with Ryan again is the dyspraxia. Yeah. Um, again, like I applaud them for introducing it, and I also applaud them for them not relying on it too heavily as a as a complication or a plot point. But uh, did, did it seem to you like? They sort of they brought it in and then they just sort of like ignored it. I mean, like, do you think they were they they brought it in and then thought, oh, have we got the confidence to do this properly without upsetting anybody who actually has this condition? You know, or... yeah, I, I think there was a bit of like there was a bit of a thing of like we're either shoehorning it in unnecessarily or mm-hmm. we're just forgetting it's there entirely. Yeah. Um, because it was a kind of a thing of like you know the ghost monument where he's having to kind of. Um, you know, struggle to to use a ladder and all this sort of thing, and they're mm-hmm. talking about it and all this. But when you get to resolution, he's like, you yeah. know, diving, making a diving catch for his dad and all yeah. that sort of thing. So it's um, it's uh, yeah, it, I feel like it's um, I, you know, I, like you, I kind of applaud them for going. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this. And I really like how that it's used in the first episode, mm-hmm. um, and then after that, I'm I'm not sure it entirely worked myself. So yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it's nice that they still sort of paid lip service to it, like, especially in Kablam, you, you had that moment when they were about to go down to the chute onto the conveyor belt. But apart from that, see, I mean, like I said, like I say, you know, it's difficult. You don't want to have it be sort of like a, a problem, like when it's like crunch time, like, you know, like you like you said um, when we did Woman Who Fell to Earth, you know, Ryan catch the Sonic and he just fumbles it and it goes down a drain or something. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you've still got to make sure it's an actual like th- like don't just like bring it in and then just sort of like go all right, just forget about that. You know, if you're gonna introduce like a, a character trait or flaw, you've got to sort of like like stick to it, like and like properly like incorporate it into. Um, the, the story so it's just not like it's not just like something on the character bible do you know what i mean yeah exactly yeah um i mean as well i think it was it's kind of a difficult one to kind of put into like you know in articulate way into the into the script almost i mean mm-hmm. if like they had someone who was colorblind right yeah. and then they kind of forgot about it and then the doctor said right okay when well, i've got you you can you please press the red button and they go uh fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which one is it um you know so you know there was kind of yeah it was kind of difficult i think to to put it in and then not make it feel like they were paying it lip service or just going oh you know um we we remember this about his character so let's put it in Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. i think they they kind of gave themselves a lot of work to do and like you I, i kind of admire them for for putting it in but 
some of its uses were, you know, didn't quite hit it for me. So, mm. yeah, well, you know, like I say, it's it's a difficult thing to sort of find the right balance for. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of don't blame them for like not wanting to either rely on it too heavily, but at the same time, not ignore it. Mm. But at the same time, it's it's a really complex thing to do. Um, so it's it's kind of like you know, like I'm trying I'm trying trying to think of a way to put it. So sort of like, no, I don't want to say why did you bother, because yes. I think it's important to have this sort of like representation for the people who have this condition. But then you've got to actually try and you've got to like stick to it. You've got to stick to your guns on that one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, best episode, worst episode? Um, See, I, I don't want to say worst episode because... This. Yeah, I don't want to say worst episode because although I went on record saying I wasn't entirely keen on the Saranga Conundrum, it wasn't a bad episode. No. It just um, didn't really sort yeah. of like click for me. Yeah, I mean, I sort of felt the same way about that. Um I, I kind of feel like with this series, you kind of have to put Rosa and Ghost of Mumbai in their own categories. Yeah. Right. And then you're basically judging the other ones. Yeah. Because they were kind of proper dramas, you know, not to say that Doctor Who is a proper drama, but like proper important dramas that, of mm-hmm. course, are the best of the series. Yeah. So yeah. why is why are we even having a conversation about it, essentially? Yeah, exactly. So I kind of I, I kind of mentally have to put those in their own category and also Mm. it's not although they were very good and tremendously important i don't feel like i want to go back to them anytime soon because they're kind of heavy Mm. you see what i mean yeah yeah. it's kind of like you know with films that there's you know very important films that have a lot to say and are made beautiful like schindler's list i've seen it once i'd never feel the need to see it again Mm -hmm. because it's brutal right oh yeah yeah, and but it's very important yeah you know and i'm glad it exists but I'm not going to sit down with Chuck after a long day and say, do you know what, love? Stick on Schindler's list. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say, go on, put on Predators. I've got to think anymore. Yeah, I just want to yeah, watch exactly. something explode. So, um, yeah, I kind of, that's kind of how I feel about that. That They're kind of in their own, you know, the gold star category, if mm. you like. Mm-hmm. Put them up there. And then, so other than that, I mean, I really like the Witchfinders. Mm-hmm. You know, un- extraneous aliens put to one side. Yeah. Um, I really like that episode. Um, I really, I really like Kablam. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so I think, and I really like parts of the. Um, oh God, what was the Spider One called? Arachnus in the UK. Arachnus yeah, UK. Yes. I'm not lie. I, that is probably, if I had to say, I had a guilty pleasure um, yes. from the series. Arachnus in the UK was it because it's just sort of like. It was kind of dumb. I mean, a lot of it, you know, we had problems with the ending as usual and the whole where's unit sort of thing. But for what it was, it was just a fun sort of like 50 minutes. You know, and it's, yeah. and, I, and you need that, especially considering it was following the footsteps of Rosa. So you yeah. can't like go something like something like Midnight after like Rosa, because then you're just like, whoa, Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Ragnarok in the UK was important. Kablam was was great fun. Yes. Um, Which finders was pretty good. I, I, I did like that. Um, but obviously, yeah, I mean, Rosa and Demons of the Punjab are just sort of like the standouts. Yeah. I think 
probably actually one we were most disappointed by is probably the Battle of uh, Roscas. Blah, 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 blah. Rans- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, it it doesn't really work as a finale. Right, it's no. kind of just an episode. Re- uh, uh, the other one, uh, uh, Resolution, is a much more functional uh, ending yeah. to the series. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know the, the the you know the actual you know what they call the finale is just sort of a thing that happened, and it just yeah. basically exists to. To sew up the end of uh, of episode one. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, I forgot, actually forgot about Ransko. I've got her. Sorry. <laughs> um, and it was it was it was all right. I mean, it was nice to see Tim Shaw again and all that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it did sort of more like feel like a a series stop than a series finale. Um, yeah, it just sort but, of ended. Yeah, but then again, you have resolution to sort of like pick up. I think if if we didn't have resolution then I'd have been a lot more down on the ending of the series as it was. Yes. Um, I, I agree, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also have to say the cinematography's been brilliant. Um, Sagan Akinola's yes. music is wonderful. I mean, I do have... I actually did buy the soundtrack, and I'm kind of, like, wondering how well it stands up on its own uh, compared to, like, with it being, like, in the the show itself. Um, but, like, do you know, it, it's it's strange because, like, a lot of people go, oh, but he's not Murray Gold. But I was like, did you watch Resolution? Did you listen to the music in Resolution? You know, if that's not pretty Murray Gold sounding, then I don't know, you know, what else is. And, yeah. you know, oh, yes, I mean, a lot of it's sort of, like, very ambient, very electronic um, throughout most of the series. But, you know, we've got episodes like Rosa, um, where it has, like, much more, like, like, um, orchestral moments um so i mean it is sort of horses for courses really um, yeah also i mean you know i i remember the the days of you know maybe like two years ago when every other word about murray gold was complaining because you know it, it's too bombastic it's too overwhelming on the yep. soundtrack it's you know so now they've kind of again paired it right back on back to an electronic uh kind of sound people like you know because Chuck said this to me, actually, like he was walking around listening to the soundtrack and he said none of it really, you know, it wasn't like, you know, oh, I remember th- th- this track from, from this, this, apart from, yeah. the, you know, from apart from maybe things like Demons of the Punjab, because mm-hmm, obviously yeah. that had a, a certain tone to it, mm-hmm. um, you know, reflective of the content sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, now it's kind of more ambient. Mm-hmm. People are saying, oh, you know, it didn't stand out to me. It was like, your complaint stood out too much. <laughs> So, make your bloody mind up. <laughs> yeah, it's entirely true. I mean, it's it's very. Um, hmm, see, I don't want to say it's like a throwback to the radiophonic workshop. It's like sort of the eighties. Well, it is, but like sort of the eighties, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's not as experimental as what the um, um, the the stuff that you know they were doing in the sixties because they were truly, you know, I mean, yeah. bless her heart. I mean, Delia Derbyshire took a lot of drugs. Mm. And um, as was the style of the time, right. and you know the you know they just um, they just did they truly just did whatever. Oh yeah. So um, and people just went yeah great, put yeah. that shit in there. Yeah. Um, so I mean because I watched a because um, Chuck loves ele- electronic music that's mm-hmm. kind of his uh, his thing. So we were watching uh, like they were they did a prom ages ago like yeah. electronica prom. All right. And. Um, I mean, I listen to black metal and, you know, that sort of goes over into ambient noise sometimes. And, like, you know, I can take or leave that. But, I mean, when I was watching that, I was truly like, 
Mm, they're just doing nothing. And occasionally someone presses a button and everyone goes, you know. Yeah. Um, there was one bit of this woman was basically surrounded by enormous like boxes with wires coming out of them. And all the neck beards were standing around, sat, you know, looking at all her moogs and all that sort of thing. And I was yeah. like, wow, this is even too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> this is just yeah. noise. Yeah. Well, it reminds me, I, I always thought it was a bit weird, the, the last last Doctor Who concert they did, like the mm-hmm. Albert Hall, they actually did like some of like the like classic series stuff. And it was a bit yeah. weird somehow. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. to, to have like the orchestra try and do what was basically a couple of blokes on a keyboard in the Radiophonic Workshop. I mean, like Dudley Simpson stuff, because obviously he did have like a, I don't want to say like an orchestra, because it wasn't an orchestra, it was like four people. Um, he had like yeah. a, a band of sorts. Um, but it's like nothing like sort of, you know, the... BBC Philharmonic Orchestra of Wales or whatever Murray Gold had to hand. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to mention about Series 11? Um, I mean, I think that with with Series 11, I think that, it, it you know, it's, it's failing and its strength is that it was so stripped back. Mm-hmm. So really, they've given themselves a foundation to work on. But yeah. I think that it's it's failing if you want to call it that is that they kind of went back too far almost mm. um i you know i feel like they maybe thought that it got far too i mean like like with a lot of long running shows i mean bloody hell star trek has done this how many times now yeah that they look at their they look at their you know comics as well they look at their continuity and they look at their you, you know they look at the what everything's been done and they say do you know what we need to just go back mm-hmm. we need to go back we need to strip back we need to get rid of all this fat and you know go back to kind of the lean meat of of what people love about this show and the mm-hmm. fans always say that's what they want but then yeah. when you kind of are confronted with it it somehow you know it feels like for the for the real spots anyway it sort of feels a little bit lacking yeah. um so i'm sort of hoping that they they truly take on board the lessons Mm-hmm. that the, this series should have taught them. Yeah. And I'm not saying they have to go full tilt, Moffat, you know, bits of string and cardboard pinned to your walls and, you know, like mm-hmm. a bloody Bandersnatch flow chart of things, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, you don't have to go back all the way to that, but I think there's a happy middle ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they there were little bits they couldn't help but put in, like the stuff from Ghost Monument. Yeah. Um, you know, little little tidbits they can they can little bits they can go back to and pick out if they want. Yeah. Um and um, you know, I think that the success or failure of, of any prospective season is gonna be on can they look back on what they've done critically and and um kind of fiddle with things or are they just gonna say, you know, what we did was was fine and we're gonna do some more of that. Mm. Um because while I think that it was interesting for this series I'm not sure they can plausibly pull it off for another one, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, do you think, like, going forward, we'll actually get some more uh, classic monsters back, or will they try and keep going with? Well, the I mean, I, I would, Im- I would imagine that now we've done a Dalek again. Mm-hmm. We've gone back to the thing of you know we've had a Dalek, some Daleks, many Daleks. Mm-hmm. They'll probably just go back. They'll do some a uh, some Daleks episode. Yeah. Um, also, I wouldn't be surprised to see like the Cybermen turn up. Yeah. You know, get the other the other big heavy hitter in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, so I wouldn't be surprised either of those two. Um, mm. But I think that anything sort of in the tier below, I would be surprised. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I mean, we've always said we quite like to see like the Draconians back or whoever. Um, yeah, and yeah, I still would. 
But I, so, don't, yeah. I, I don't know if this is like the right sort of production crew um, showrunner. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to say doctor either because um, to, to actually like do something like that because that's like much more of a, like a Moffat sort of thing. Or you could say RTD as well, but yeah. Chibnall's neither of those. So you might get like, yeah. like you say, your, your Daleks, your Cybermen, maybe the Santarans or possibly the Silurians. Lurians, yeah. Um, but I think as... that there's no. I don't think there's any chance of seeing the Master back anytime soon. No. Um, I think it's too soon for that. I'm not saying she, you know he or she is never coming back, but um, know. you know. Um, but uh, I mean, I think we're a long way off that. Yeah. Um, with the Draconians specifically, I think the problem is we've had a lot of similar shouty on our uh, warrior races mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime. Yes, so the Draconians true. kind of the Draconians kind of don't own the monopoly on that anymore. No. So unfortunately. Um, they might suffer from the fact that, you know, they're very much like, you know, a lot of races are basically like that now, you mm-hmm. know, or we've had introduced that uh, basically had more screen time than Draconians ever did. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, maybe they'll put some more Gallifrey stuff, maybe have an Omega return, something like that, maybe mm. Rassilon, something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, though, because I don't, I'm trying to think, like, I do not remember a single point during this series gone where the doctor refers to herself as a time lord or says that she's from gallifrey no that's true so i i kind of think i i don't know whether it's also because of like what happened with hellbent like sort of yeah. how sort of gallifrey ended up in that whether i think chibble might be sort of going right okay we're not gonna i mean they might do it for mary's if like jody did a third series they might tap into that but I don't see it. I don't see it like being like Gallifrey or the Time Lords being that much of a heavy hitter in this iteration of Doctor Who, if that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. Now I'm just sort of thinking about. I mean, I I purely think just from from what we've seen, I think that you know the only returning monsters I would put money on coming back are Daleks and Cybermen, and mm-hmm. I think it's all going to be fresh cuts after that. I yeah. think, which is fine, which yeah. is fine. Um, I think, it, but going back to what. I think the main problem with series 11 is they had a, an alien in it uh, for the sake of having an alien in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to mention or? Uh, nothing comes to mind. No. So no. Um, I think f- that's it for us. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is the shortest series, <laughs> new series retrospective we've done. <laughs> but then again, we haven't had yeah. anybody else on just been us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I mean, also we have it, something that we, we kind of found was that, um, Unfortunately, because of the way the stories were given to us this year mm-hmm. and kind of their their basic nature, I mean, once you've kind of talked about them once, that that's kind of it, really, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, there's kind of... Because they haven't really set up a lot of stories and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of backstory and things like that. Well, now we've covered... Because we, we covered every individual episode already, Yeah, you know, our, the overview is, is not going to be that deep unfortunately mm-hmm. um so yeah it's uh yeah that that is you know i agree is our shortest one yet so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah never mind but on the whole if you had to give a series 11 score out of 10 what would you give it i'm gonna go a solid seven i yeah. think um enjoyable but improvement needed i think is is where i'm coming mm-hmm. in on it yeah but i mean that's fair enough because like we said it's a brand new series the brand new 
pretty much everyone. So, you know, it can only go up from there, really, can't you? I mean, it could go down as well. Well, you would hope. hope. You, you would, could, hope. You would yeah. hope. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that is what you would hope. I mean, I think that the for me, I think the worst case scenario for Series 12 is that they just do the same again. Yes. And because I think that would that would, you know, maybe not represent um, that they've taken on board what, you know, not just what internet spots have said, but I think from, you know, a lot of the feedback and stuff and like critical response. I mean, it was a lot of the critical response I saw was that this is enjoyable, but it lacks a certain yeah. amount of oomph. So yeah. I hope that that is taken on board and that um, now that everyone's more comfortable, everyone knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, hopefully the, you know, the kind of the scab that kind of formed over the whole like, oh, you know, no women's in my Doctor Who sort of thing um, <laughs> as kind of will have, you know, gone away to a certain extent. You know, that shock of that yeah. new is kind of now over with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it, you know, they can just feel the confidence to get on with it and tell the stories they want to tell. Yeah, precisely. Um, so... Yeah. so I think before we sign off, I think we should, uh, we've got a kind of a list of people to thank, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rick from Starbase for, for, um, being a great guest of ours many times. Yep. Um, and, uh, Shane as yep. well, for being a great guest of ours many times. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Boydell for all your wonderful feedback. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it was uh, lovely of you to, <laughs> to send us all that feedback that you did over time. Um, who else? I mean, uh, John Morganson as well for. Uh, oh yeah, JW as well. Yep. Yeah, JB Dubs. Yep. Um, you know the people who very kindly left uh, reviews um, for us on iTunes. That was nice mm-hmm. as well. I mean, you know, every everybody's been listening. You know. Yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. You know, um, can't. Uh, what are you doing with your lives? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah listening to us too for, for like 45 minutes a week so yeah everyone who's listened and shared our work and mm-hmm. uh given us um feedback and been on our show we we thank you so much you've uh you've uh been a, a massive part of of what we've done over these uh five and a bit years so yeah, yeah my heartfelt thank you to you yeah and also we do have to say thank you to richard smith for uh yep. giving us a shot at doing this um so that's it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, as well, I mean, we're still on the internet. You can find us. So I'm at Dalek Elf, D A L E K E L F on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you are. I'm at Mike Mould. Uh, that's Mike underscore Mould on Twitter. Um, yeah. So you know, say hello you can, if you want. You can say hello if you still want to hang out. We're still on the internet. Yeah. Uh, we haven't. We can't give that up can't quit you the internet uh so uh we're um we're still around on there so uh yes for so from both of us to all of you uh mm-hmm. thank you so much yeah all right um bye goodbye, goodbye.